My name is Zach Hansen. And I'm Dawson Kaiser. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to the Grove City College Student Spotlight. And we're sitting down today with dun, 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 dun. Tegan Truitt. <laughs> hey guys. <laughs> How are you? Uh, I'm doing well. I've had a long day. I'm pretty tired, but uh, happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, what's your ma- major, Tegan? Uh, I'm an economics philosophy double major. Nice. Are you minoring in math still? Uh, no, I studied abroad last spring, um, and that has uh, that made it so that I couldn't take some of the classes I needed to get the mathematics minor. So okay. I'm just taking some classes for fun in that. Cool. Well, if you because you studied abroad last semester, we can just go right into that. Um, yeah. You mentioned that. So smooth transition. Yeah, real smooth transition. Um, <laughs> so where did you study, and what were you studying? I studied at Oxford uh, in England. And I went there to study specifically two things. One was philosophy of science, uh, and the other was history of economic thought. Awesome. Um, you want to tell us about your experience there and uh, what it was like? And you know, yeah, it was it was super cool. Um, Grove City was was really helpful in uh, putting on my radar and and getting me connected with the program. So I didn't know like we had this option at all, and then. Uh, one of the philosophy professors was telling me like we have this program where we can send uh, a certain number of students to Oxford every semester um, and so it was a kind of last minute thing for me I uh, got all my stuff in just barely before the deadline in the fall semester last year um, and I wasn't really sure where it was gonna go I just thought like you know if I get accepted into this program I guess I'll go but I, yeah. I wasn't like really counting on it or anything and then um, for whatever reason, uh, the the OSAP Oxford Study Abroad program, um, which is the organization that Grove City partners with, yeah, uh, they accepted me, and so I flew to England in January and um, was there until the end of March uh, when I finally had to go home for uh, COVID nineteen reasons. Um, but it was really cool in Oxford. They don't do like classes and lectures. Instead, the whole learning system is tutorial based. So they you meet with your professor once a week and he'll give you a list of things that you should go read like 30 books or something and you can't read through all of it but he'll give you an essay prompt and then those are your sources that you're going to use to write an essay mm-hmm. and so then you write a roughly like 1500 2000 word essay uh based on um all the reading you've done in reference to that prompt and then go and you show up to your meeting you read the essay to your professor and then just argue over it for your whole meeting um, wow so it's a, it was a really cool learning experience that's awesome it's really cool do you think that that uh helped you better articulate your own thoughts and argue for your own points? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I grew so much in my ability to think and reason there, uh, and then specifically about the subjects that I was looking into, uh, and also definitely got better at uh, reading and like critically reading and engaging with texts because all my learning had to be self-driven. Yeah. How was the social life there? Oh, it was so fun. It was really great. Uh, with the OSAP program, I was in a house with four other guys, um, two of whom were from the States, one was Canadian, and the other guy was from Nepal. Wow. Um, so huge range of international. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it was really neat. The guy from Nepal is my favorite. His name was Abi. He was super, super neat. Really nice guy. Um, and yeah, we would hang out every night, and we didn't have a lot like that we did in common other than go to pubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we'd visit various English pubs. We go. We went to the Canadian played on the Oxford's hockey team. So we'd go oh, watch all his hockey cool. games. Yeah. Was uh, it different? Was it like very different culturally? Like even living with people, um, like from different 
kind of cultures and like was the culture in england different at all yeah it, it definitely was english people are like the opposite of canadians so like you know canadians are always like super nice so oh, when yeah. i showed up the first guy who had got to the house was the canadian he'd stocked the fridge with like a bunch of food and beer for everyone <laughs> and um was just like he was there ready to welcome us all to the home and like all the british people you meet are just kind of like really cold and standoffish and they're yeah. also they're also like mean and rude but ironically <laughs> kind of as yeah, a yeah. joke it was really funny that's so funny that's cool so you went to Oxford and you got back in March. Um, what other, what, what have you been up to recently? So what, what kind of are you a part of uh, on campus? On campus, um, I captain our ultimate Frisbee team uh, and I co-captain our debate team. And I'm the chaplain for the Adelphicos fraternity. Awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. What do we want to start with that? Do we want to start with the ADOs or the Get into down, it all. <laughs> yeah, pick, pick a topic yeah. and tell us yeah. about it. Okay. Um, the ADOs are cool. I'll start with them because you, you just mentioned that. Um, they're my fraternity. And uh, so on Grove City, we have a bunch of fraternities and sororities. They're not nationally chartered or recognized. And I think that's something to do with how like we can't get government funds. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not actually sure about that, so don't hold me to that. But um, I think that has something to do with why we don't have like the nationally chartered ones. But anyways, um, we don't have fraternity houses, but they give us like, floors of buildings. And so we'll all live in, in one floor. We'll have a hall uh, in a, yeah. a campus dorm. And I joined freshman year because there, um, there were two seniors on the debate team who I got pretty close with. I really liked. Um, and they were both ADELs. Uh, and so they pressured me to come to some of their rush events. And I wasn't really interested in Greek life uh, coming into it, but really loved all the guys that I met and thought all the events were super fun. So... Ended up pledging freshman year, and no regrets. It was really great. Um, I was our vice president for a bit, and now I'm our chaplain. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, we had Liam, who's an, a fellow Adel. Yeah, he's my roommate. Name, brother. <laughs> yeah, but um, so he kind of talked a little bit about how, like, uh, the groups are kind of a little different at Grove City. You know, when you think frat, you think he mentioned Animal House. Uh, <laughs> and, um, but like how faith and how it's like a lot not exactly like like that at all um and as a chaplain maybe you could even talk a little bit about how they're like a little different maybe than at a university when someone hears fraternity they have this idea and how maybe Grove City's a little different than that with the greek life yeah definitely um so the adels in particular first thing we do is we we bill ourselves as a christian brotherhood and we have a constitution that um affirms biblical principles for living for all our members and uh, discipline for um, infractions of not just fraternity rules but of like violations of what we think we're called to do and be as Christians um, and we we have a weekly meeting I open up all our meeting meetings with a devotional mm-hmm. um, we have we break up into smaller prayer groups um, and we constantly keep each other updated on prayer requests and things like that so um, yeah, I would say our, our faith is really at the center of our organization. Yeah, that's, that's cool. really cool. Yeah, I know. I know. I definitely know people who have told like uh, uncle or like a family friend, like, "Oh yeah, I'm part of a fraternity now," and they're like, "You're what?" And then, <laughs> but then they find out a little bit more, and then it's like, "Oh, that's really cool." It's like more a little bit more community based, and yeah, uh, than maybe like partying, which yeah, is definitely. maybe the general stereotype yeah don't come to grove city if you're looking for a party school <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah not gonna happen 
So tell us about uh, the Frisbee team and uh, debate. Um, Yeah, so the Ultimate Frisbee team um, is getting more and more competitive, which is really exciting. Um, It was really funny. Like when I came here, I would say like I played Ultimate Frisbee and people would look at me like, that's a sport? Which is weird (laughs) because I came here from Colorado and it's huge in Colorado. Like a bunch of the high schools in Colorado have varsity teams. Yeah. Um, And everyone listened to how he said Colorado. 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 Yeah. 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 That's how you tell if someone's actually from Colorado, how they pronounce it. Everyone else says Colorado for whatever reason. Yeah. And that's wrong. Sorry. At least least people don't say Illinois. I get that all the time. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I totally interrupted you. (laughs) No, you're good. My ADHD. uh... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, So, yeah. So, I played in high school. uh, Loved it. It's it's a great sport. um, Really competitive it's definitely like when you play at a competitive level it's a lot more than just kind of like your grad party kind of you know flinging a disc around (laughs) um and so when i came freshman year um that was the first year we had a team that was competitive enough to all register for usa ultimate which Mm -hmm. is the governing body for college and club ultimate frisbee in the country um so we're a d3 school we played usau consistently ever since then um and we've managed to qualify to regionals every year uh that we've been a part of that which has been a pretty big deal um our region's really small so we only get one bid to nationals which means you have to win the regionals tournament to get there Uh, so we've never made it to nationals yet um but hoping for a senior year that'd be awesome has that has that been cool to watch that program kind of grow it's been amazing yeah it's been so cool to watch it grow and get to be a part of it i assistant captain last year and now i'm captaining it and one of the guys who's been with me the whole time is uh one of the assistant captains and another one is my, my little brother who's both way bigger and way better at frisbee than me, <laughs> so yeah. that's great. Yeah, I know there's a lot of like different clubs and programs. It seems like they've grown a lot. Like I know the lacrosse team, I think, just became like a varsity sport. Yeah. They were a club, and they did really well. They won some conference thing. Um, like I was on the hockey team. We started like a hockey team, and I like the rugby team also did really. I think they went yeah. to Nash or regional. They went to something. I think it was like on a state level, or they uh-huh. were almost. They they did really well. I don't know. And none of it's happening now because of COVID. I know Frisbee's still up, but a lot of the other ones aren't. But yeah, you <laughs> you mentioned to me before that um, during a frisbee match, you before you, your the team asks the other team to pray. Is that something you? you yeah. yeah, yeah, we do that every tournament. Um, after 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 the match. After the match, okay. Uh, after yeah. Match. Um, so it's really common. In, frisbee is a super spirited kind of game. So after the match, you you have these things. People call them spirit circles. It's basically just you come together, kind of celebrate a game well played, the spirit of the game. Um, and so this is a, already a common thing in frisbee cultures to come to come together uh, and make a big circle with the other team. Usually, you give like some kind of award to the MVP on the other team, something like. That's fun really cool. little prize or yeah just shout them out or whatever yeah. uh but grove city we we really take seriously our faith on and off the field uh so when we go into those matches with other teams um and we finish it up no matter how it turns out we always ask them if they want to come circle up with us and we always say we're gonna pray and it's super cool uh a lot of times teams will be like oh you're gonna pray uh and then they'll kind of like walk away like they're not interested and then two of the team will be like come over with us yeah like they they're their fellow fellow believers and then they'll call some of their other teams over and then pretty soon like the, the whole, whole other team a bunch of non-christians maybe have never prayed before like you can see they're, they're standing there in the circle kind of like really awkward not sure yeah, exactly yeah. what to do um we all we all uh join together and and thank god for the chance we have to to glorify him with our, our bodies on the field and 
uh, keeping us safe from injuries and all that. That's awesome. That's a really cool thing. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about debate? Yeah. Um, so I also debated in high school and uh, came into Grove City uh, really excited to debate. We have a really good debate team. Um, it, it's just like, I don't, I don't know why, but a lot of the freshmen coming into Grove City are just like really naturally gifted oh, wow. at um, public speaking and uh, reasoning. So we do parliamentary debate is our primary format, which is um, a two-on-two debate uh, format where um, you're given your topic that you're debating 15 minutes before the round. And so it's very spontaneous. No one goes in there prepared with like research briefs or anything like that. In fact, you're not allowed to take in anything other than handwritten notes. Okay. Um, and so you take that 15 minutes to prepare. Usually you do some research. A lot of it is also just you organizing your head knowledge common stuff that you would know about history and the news and philosophy and economics and you know, whatnot. And, um, and then you get up and give a series of timed speeches uh, interacting with what your opponents are saying about that topic in front of a judge. And the judge in the end decides who wins or, or, and loses the round. Um, and yeah, so since I've been here, Grove City, like I said, has been blessed with a huge amount of success. Um, we've consistently placed really highly and won several national titles we compete against every other kind of college, so we go to uh, PKD, Pi Kappa Delta, is a national debate league, and they host a national tournament every year, and that one is usually like a, a really secular, um, generally progressive-leaning tournament with, uh, um, I guess, just a lot of worldview clash between what a lot of values Grove City students hold yeah. and um, the values of their judges and fellow debaters. But we go into that and um, make our case to the best of our ability, and we've actually been really successful there. And then we also compete specifically on Christian college circuits. So we actually hosted last year NCCFA or NCCFI, um, which is the National Christian College Forensics Invitational. Cool, big Christian college tournament. That's awesome. That's really cool. So you are an econ major. Um, you want to talk about the Grove City uh, Economic Program and uh, the different opportunities? that there is in the econ program and what separates Grove City's econ program from other universities? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, the econ department was why I came to Grove City initially. And that's how we met. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how we met. That's, yeah. that's right. Yeah. At the the department meeting. Yeah. Uh, first, first day of freshman year. That was really cool. Um, yeah, so I in high school, I knew I wanted to study Austrian economics in particular. And I wasn't really sure what Austrian economics was. I just knew I was into economics from some, some guys I'd read, and they affiliated themselves with the Austrian school. So the biggest one for me was Friedrich Hayek. Yeah. Um, also, I loved uh, Ludwig von Mises and um, Thomas Sowell, um, who m maybe isn't quite an Austrian now that I know a little more, but at least a fellow traveler. Yeah, Chicago um, school. There's Chicago school, yeah. There's some relation i guess <laughs> <laughs> uh and so i i thought i want to study austrian economics uh, i knew grove city and hillsdale had two really good departments for that uh i visited grove city and i sat down with dr herbner and i want to say we just talked for an hour we talked about my college plans we talked about grove city's economics department and then we just talked about economics and then we just kind of talked about life and then i followed into a class and sat and listened to his lecture <laughs> i thought it was so good I loved it. I was so excited to learn and be there. And so that's that's what sealed it for me on Grove City. And I'm so glad I came because, like, as soon as I got here, the professors who had I'd met, Dr. Herbner and Rittenauer, 
uh, when I visited, remembered who I was. Uh, they came in and they talked to me. I had classes with them that very first semester yeah. and um, spent a ton of time in Dr. Herbner's office and some in, in Dr. Rittenauer's office. Um, got to know them both uh, personally, like outside of just academic economics. And so having their uh, mentorship uh, has been a huge blessing. And then for uh, prospects in academic economics in particular, um, I think Grove City's especially well suited for that. Um, so I'm looking, I'm studying for the GRE, planning on taking that next weekend, trying to go to grad school to get my PhD in economics. Yeah. Um, and we've had lots of success in the past with Grove City sending uh, graduate students to graduate programs in econ. Um, and we prepare, the department prepares students really well in all sorts of ways we have for instance there's the journal of law and public policy that tons of econ students uh write papers for or they'll take their term papers and they'll submit it uh to that journal um which offers a stipend so you get paid if you get published in it and um it's just undergrads it's fellow students but it's definitely like a rigorous editing process that you have to go through um so that's really cool and we have the austrian student scholars conference which we host on campus every year and uh, freshman year, I heard about it, and I decided I want to present a paper. And <laughs> freshman me, I'm pretty sure my paper was terrible. <laughs> you did it every year, though. Right? But I've done it every year, yeah. And I've learned so much from going to this conference, trying to write a paper, and then uh, presenting it. And um, the conference itself is there's there's a whole day of just paper presentations and discussions about them, which is amazing and a huge learning experience. And then there's also keynote speakers of really great economists who come in. Um, and we, we all eat meals together, all the conference mm -hmm. attendees do. You get to meet all sorts of really cool people from other schools and even in other countries. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I learned and grew a ton through that, writing a paper every year to the point where last year my paper actually managed to win third prize, which was, uh, which was really cool. And I'm looking forward to submitting an updated draft of that um, for the this conference this spring. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, sorry. Um, could you tell people a little bit about what uh, Austrian economics is compared to other uh, economic schools of thought? Just in case somebody's somebody's looking at Grove City, they're looking at the econ department, but they don't really understand what Austrian economics is. Just a basic overview. Yeah, and, and for those of you people that aren't econ, I'm learning alongside with you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning a lot from this talk. That's why I'm quiet. <laughs> I'm still here. So, so, so you mentioned briefly, like... Uh, Mises and Hayek. Mm -hmm. um, you also mis mentioned Sol. Um, this the the person who's just looking at schools for their econ program. Like, like I don't really understand uh, what Austrian economics is, um, but I'm interested. So, what would you say to them? Like, yeah, that's a really good question. Uh, it's hard to pin down exactly what I'd say it is. The general view of Austrians is that they're like economists who just kind of lean politically libertarian yeah and i think that that's a true stereotype like the vast majority of us do have those kinds of political opinions but it, it's specifically for some methodological reasons um that cause us to dispute the i guess rationality of using models to plan and forecast and i guess tweak the economy yeah. um and so those assumptions are at the very least, these two. One's methodological individualism, which is just a really fancy way of saying the only people that act are individuals. Yeah. Groups don't act. That is, people can act in concert. People can act together. 
but at at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of people making individual choices. Yeah. And so when we do economic analysis, we're looking at what causes those individuals to make those choices. And the other emphasis of Austrian economics would be institutions, um, which you could say are like the rules of the game. So that's everything from like the specific legal rules that you have to follow to social customs that you are frowned upon if you ignore. Um, and so individuals are acting in an institutional environment and then these institutions are what uh, create incentives and disincentives on those actions of individuals. Yeah. And so that leads Austrians to really emphasize things like um, huge problems with, say, the knowledge of the central planner because they're not going to be able to perceive the way a change in institutions is going to affect all the thousands of little bits of individual behavior. Awesome. Um, if there is a student who's looking at Grove City for its econ program, what would you tell them? Not necessarily in regards to the Austrian school, but just as Grove City as like as an econ, just as in general the Grove City econ department and um, as a school in general, somebody's looking at economics at Grove City. Um, it's a great department. First of all, uh, you're not just going to get an education in quote unquote Austrian economics. Wow, the professors are Austrian and, and you definitely are going to learn that and are going to be able to learn that if that's what you're interested. Um, you're also going to be exposed to all sorts of different methodological schools of thought. Um, and you're also going to get a really rigorous education in both analytical thinking and communicating that clearly because econ re requires really rigorously applied logic in order to figure out um, the the ins and outs of a situation that you're examining. Um, but it's also not logic that can be completely formalized in mathematical terms, which means you have to express it in words and articulate yeah. it really well. And so it's just a good critical thinking major. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to learn how to, how to think and communicate studying economics here. Yeah, this is also interesting. So I, I kind of have a question. I'm like learning all this stuff about econ. I don't even really know. I've taken one econ class and it was very, uh, very entry level. So I know for the general, I mean, the general um, consensus, and I'm sure this is especially true in the, maybe not especially true, I don't know about the econ world, but in most sciences, I feel like there's kind of this separation. It's like, it's hard to be a Christian and also be like a scholar or like highly academic. And there's kind of a, like this idea that there's kind of like a separation. Um uh, in, in a lot of secular, um, I don't know, secular groups or sec general consensus. Um, how would you say that kind of plays a part um, with the econ department? And I'd just be kind of interested to hear this because it is kind of like one of those, uh, I, I would think that econ is like sort of like a social science in, in a sense, like, um, and yeah. also like how does, um, you know, as, as believers, we believe that, um, you know, our faith is kind of a motivation to work and helps us to work better. How, what would you say to people that are looking at Grove City and they realize it's a super academic school um, as well as a faith-based and faith-driven school? Uh, what is, how does that kind of play out in the econ? Because I know that also can be a very um, secular um, kind of industry as well, um, from my understanding. Could you like, talk about that at all? Because I, I wonder what that's like. Yeah, well, you're absolutely right. Like Academia leans super secular and the social science in, in particular. Um, there's not a, like a ton of re religious people represented uh, in academic economics. Uh, but at Grove City, all of our professors are um, 
devout Orthodox Christians who I feel comfortable going to for spiritual guidance um, in addition to just help for the next test. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they do a wonderful job of connecting um, the the Christian worldview to the things that they talk about. Um, so, for instance, uh, in Foundations of Economics, Dr. Rittenauer talks about um, property rights because this is an institution that affects individual behavior yeah. and how property rights are defined and formed is highly relevant for how people are going to behave and what kind of uh, resources society is going to be making use of. Right. Um, and so he spends, like, I don't know if it's a whole lecture, but a great deal of time just talking about how Christians have historically viewed property rights, what the biblical take is on property rights, various ways in which property rights are defined and uh, viewed as important in the Bible. Um, and that's just one example. They the, All of the professors do this in, in their classes. Um, they ground uh, any sort of, I guess, normative or moral claims they're yeah. making in their very robust Christian ethics. Yeah, and that's what, from my very, I mean, layman's term, like, introductory look at econ, for the people listening that, like, may not be as econ-minded and, like, don't know, <laughs> like, like me, like, um, it was interesting because I did feel like econ was very much, like, um, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm just going to sound so lame. But, like, it's just, like, these are the facts. And, like, sometimes, like, uh, it all, even, like, learning about, uh, oh, gosh, I don't even remember. <laughs> but just, like, it's very, it's very, like, cut and dry. And, like, this is what we've seen. And, like, this is how things affect each other. And I just was, I just was wondering, like, what that looks like. Because I feel like a lot of times maybe people may look at that and say, you know, Grove City does have a really... Um, I've, I've heard from many people that Grove City is an excellent econ department and they're well known, but, uh, I wonder if people looking at it, maybe think, well, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'd like to do econ, but I feel like that maybe the Christian aspect of it would kind of, um, make it a little bit less scientific and a little less accurate. But, um, from my experience at the very entry level was like, it was kind of cool. Cause they give you a reason why, you know, you should understand things and like be able to optimize it and make the world a better place kind of, um, because of all the thinking that you do economically yeah that was <laughs> <laughs> i got through it yeah. i said what yeah, i was no, trying to say i think that's good um on a uh, hit, hitting off of what he said about um spirituality and the school how would you say that grove city has um cultivated your uh, spirituality your faith or um even outside of the school maybe the local churches or whatnot it's it's been amazing it's been super revolutionary um so I came into the school uh, having hopped all over churches um, growing up. I spent time in Protestant non-denominational churches. I went to a homeschool co-op at an Eastern Orthodox church. I um, spent most of my high school in a really like conservative Presbyterian church. Um, and so I came into college and I just started church hopping. And like all of freshman year, I didn't settle down on a church and kind of just didn't go to church for most of the spring semester and then I can't remember why but at the end of the spring semester I went to one of our local churches um Grace Anglican and um and the Anglican church uh for those of you who don't know is 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 really liturgical and there's this moment in the service where everyone kneels down and says a general confession of faith uh, of uh the sin together Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then it's immediately following that that we have communion and um, there's we hear the comfortable words, which are, are, are a bunch of, of verses from the Bible uh, in which um, forgiveness for sins is described. And so we have this this it was just this immensely moving experience for me where I felt like for the first time I was really coming to terms with and looking at my own sin and then immediately being relieved of that burden of guilt um, through the liturgy of communion and uh, the the words associated with that. So that was really wonderful, and that was right at the end of freshman year. So I waited all summer. Um, my, my family has kind of stopped going to church, so we didn't really go to church over the summer, and uh, I just kind of waited all summer to come back to that, and I started going. Um, but I never been baptized and, uh, in the Anglican church, you can't take communion, um, unless you're baptized in, in any denomination. Um, but I'd never once been baptized, uh, growing up. And so, um, I went and talked to, uh, the pastor there, Ethan, um, and I told him I wanted to get baptized. And so we met, uh, and he asked me why and about myself and, uh, we talked for a while and, um, that was really cool, and he said, "Well, yeah, keep keep thinking about it. Um, we'll definitely we'll definitely get you get you baptized if you think that's the right thing." And I, I had some problems with with doctrine and things that I had to work through. Um, and then I sent him an email about a month later. I said, "Yeah, I, I really want to get baptized." And um, he said, "Well, what are you doing this afternoon?" I said, "I've got no plans." He says, uh, "Let's go on a walk." And so I went with him, and we just walked out into the Pennsylvania countryside for, like, four hours. I was completely lost. I had no idea where we were going. I was like, is he taking me somewhere to just, like, kill me? <laughs> Dump my body in, like, some abandoned construction factory thing. You're like, I don't know you too well yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was amazing. We had a, a super fulfilling conversation. And the uh, last thing he told me was, um, for, for baptism, uh, I need to uh, have a, a baptism sponsor. Which uh, that sounds like really capitalistic, which I suppose is appropriate for an econ major. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that just means that uh, you have someone who presents you uh, and attests to um, your your faith and promises to um, help hold you in that faith. And so throughout this whole time, um, my relationship with one of my mentors had been growing uh, really, really quite a lot. Um, Dr. Dr. Franklin here. Dr. Christopher Franklin is uh, the head of the philosophy department. Um, I had a lot of classes with him. Spring of my sophomore year, I was doing an independent study with him because there was this one philosopher who I really wanted to study, and we didn't have any classes on him. So I was spending a lot of time just talking to him. And uh, I came into his office hours one afternoon. No one was there. And I walked in. I said, I've got a couple questions for you. Uh, and so we sat. We talked about some metaphysics briefly. And then I said, so the last thing is... Um, I'm gonna get baptized at Grace, and, and Dr. Franklin goes to Grace as well. Uh, and I asked him if he would be uh, my baptism sponsor, and he he teared up, he choked up, and some he, he started crying a little. He said, "Yeah, yeah, I would be I would be really honored uh, to do that." And so he did, um, and I think that just that just sealed it for me on why Grove City was the school that I'm at like to have a relationship with a professor that that's that that's that close that transcends just student and teacher learning to the point where he's like my spiritual mentor i talk to him about serious things in life outside of class uh and he felt comfortable coming and presenting me for my baptism 
and uh, mentoring me and my faith from then on. That was that was just really amazing. That's awesome stuff. That's that's great. Yeah. Um. Well, I definitely think we could probably talk for like forever. <laughs> we could talk about so much more things, but that just like seems like such a a good place to kind of like. Uh, I guess wrap up and transitions perfectly into my like signature question. I haven't been able to ask a lot of questions because uh, intellectually the conversation has been <laughs> too stimulating for me. But um, <laughs> I feel like I feel like this is a perfect transition and just kind of the question of like, you know, college is a super formative time in everyone's life because of just the changes that you're going through, leaving high school and moving on into your professional career. Um, and the college you choose is such an important part of that in um, shaping and kind of like refining who you are as a person, the way you think, um, what you believe. Um, and so uh, what would you say about Grove City and your experience? Why, um, you know, you've talked a lot about your experience, I guess, but what about Grove City makes it home for you and why do you love it? Um, what is it? What does it really mean for you to be a Grove City College student? I think I think I would just come back to that theme of having professors who are more than professors. This is this is what drew me to Grove City when I first visited and I had a really long conversation with Dr. Herbner and just like he was willing to take his time for someone who wasn't even a student and talk to him um, really meaningfully. And I've just had that kind of relationship consistently with so many of my professors where I can talk with them about their subject, I can banter with them, and several of them I trust as extremely close mentors who I can go to with my questions and problems and seek guidance from. And that's been an absolutely incredible and the most rewarding part of my time at Grove City. Yeah, that was very well worded. Well, uh, Tegan, thank you for joining us. Thank do you, you have so much. Do you have any final thoughts, words, um, slogans, or just anything? We, we asked, we've gotten, we we've asked got... your roommate what he had for dinner. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we asked, what we did asked, he have? Uh, we don't, uh, flow don't, wings or something like that? I think so. We asked him if he had a slogan or a motto, and he, he said, said, eat fruit, fruit, wear cool shoes, and something else. Mm. So I don't remember. Yeah, but do you have any any final words, your shameless plugs you'd like to make, or anything like that? Beauty is not in the eye of the (laughs) beholder. All right, amen. (laughs) Oh gosh, here we go. More intellectual. (laughs) You guys have no idea how many meals I've sat through hearing about beauty and objective beauty and like random philosophical things that are over my head. Well, Tegan, it's been a a great experience talking with you. It's been very enriching and educational for me, and I hope that the listeners have gotten just as much out of it as I have. Thank you, Tegan. Thanks, guys. Yeah, so this is Zach. This is Dawson. And you are listening to the officially branded, from here on out, Grove City College Student Spotlight, not showcase, so we decided to do that. So thanks, guys, for listening. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, uh, we will talk to you guys, or talk to you guys. We'll talk to you guys later. Thanks, guys. See ya.